interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hello and welcome to The Salt Report, where two of the internet's saltiest nerds dish out all their salt about video games, cosplay, comics, movies, and all things nerdy. I'm Kay, and recording with me is Jesse. Yo. It's... Um, I forgot to silence my phone, and I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> what a great start to our first podcast of 2020. We are recording this on New Year's Day. Um, and I've already fucked it up, but that's okay. We're just going to keep on going. The sponsor in our hearts this week is Yaskier from The Witcher Show. Yeah. He's great. <laughs> yeah, I... So I definitely um, was not expecting to love him as much as... I just... I really like the take that they did for him. Um, I really like... I really like his personality played against i mean i think like it's a very common thing to have like the straight man which would be uh um Geralt's kind Geralt. of like he plays a very like straightforward grumbly character against the like the like playful funny bard character that's like a very common like <laughs> dynamic but it's still it's that's common because it's one. good yeah it's good <laughs> it's common because it works um and and I found a video. I haven't watched The Witcher yet, but I found a video on YouTube. Um, I think because I looked up, everybody was talking about toss a coin to your Witcher, and I was like, okay, I have to know the tune of the song because everybody's talking about it. So I, you know, listened to it on YouTube, and so now it's recommending me Witcher videos. And I got a video suggestion for um, Geralt and Yaskier being a comedy duo for three minutes and thirty six seconds, <laughs> and I, I laughed way too hard. <laughs> And it's like that in the sh- like in the show. It's really it's really needed in the show. So fun fact about Jesse: I hate hyperviolence. I hate it. I hate gore. I hate like I hate it in TV shows. I think a lot of the time it's completely unnecessary. There are times when I think it's to emphasize the like horrors of war or something. But in a lot of cases, it's very unneeded and it stresses me out. So I needed. Uh, Geralt and Yaskier being a comedy duo for three minutes and 36 seconds. <laughs> Definitely. Um, my favorite line was um, when he's like, how is my singing? And Geralt says, it's like getting a pie and finding out it has no filling. And he's like, <gasps> my friend, I sent him that video. And my friend was like, Jesse, that's the face you make when I roast you. And I was like, how dare you? Um, apparently in the Polish, like, lines it's uh it's like getting a pierogi and finding out it has no filling <laughs> and i was like i love this um i love pierogies they're fucking good nothing is better than a carb wrapped in a carb um, Yep. <laughs> yeah that's the truth i know it's not what you want to hear but it's the truth yeah i uh the only thing is i'm really pissed at yaskier for getting toss a coin to your witcher stuck in my head because i'll be living my life and I'll be like, uh, like the other day I woke up in the morning and um, I'm like making my breakfast. Hold on, I have to burp. I, I'm drinking kombucha right now. So like, excuse me, everyone. Can you bass boost that, Jake? Um, <laughs> uh, and I, I get up in the morning and I'm like making my breakfast and I'm like, toss a coin to you, witcher. Oh, valley of plenty. And you know, you're like, you're like twerking because it's the morning and you're making <laughs> breakfast and you're about to drink your coffee. Did you see the, did you see the animation somebody did of Yaskir singing that and twerking? Yeah, because <laughs> it fucking slaps. I wasn't expecting it to slap as hard as it did. Um, so it absolutely did slap. 
and thank you, Yaskier, for ruining my life for the next however. The actor was saying, he's like, you think you have it bad? Because I had it stuck in my head for five months, and then I finally got it out of my head, and then the show came out, and then people were asking me about it again. And I was like, rip F in the chat. Um, so yeah, thank you, Yaskier, for being the sponsor in our hearts. All right, moving on to our pre-salt. Um, I'm going to get the quick stuff out of the way first. Um, I did some sewing today. I had the day off because New Year's. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy Um, New Year. I wanted to make a bag for my Evermore costume so that I, because I was using like, so I couldn't, I can't really do a backpack um, because if I'm wearing a cloak, then it's just not practical. Um, Mm. So I was using like a little cross body bag, but it was really small. So a lot of stuff wouldn't fit in it, and it was kind of hard to get stuff into and out of it. And I was annoying myself and my friends. So I decided, I was like, I'm going to make a bag. And um, first of all, New Year's Miracle, because I was very nervous to em- use my embroidery machine on pleather in the first place, but also just in general, because the last time I used my embroidery machine, it like broke three machine needles and was just a rough time. Uh, but this time it got through an entire embroidery file without acting up. New Year's Miracle. Um, so I've got like a little emblem on the front and then yeah, I just spent all day making it. It needs one more belt. Um, I'm hoping it, that a I will be able to find like just a pre-made belt because I hate making belts. Um, I made one. It straps like around my thigh and then also around my hips because fashion. I just thought it would be cool. So um the one I made the one for my leg, but not for my hips, and I'm just hoping I'll be able to like find a cheap belt that I can get maybe at like a thrift store or something. Thrift store. Um, <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully that won't be as much of a problem. But I guess if not, then I will just buckle down and 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 make a belt. Um, and because I want to use it this Saturday when I go back. Um, I've also made. I'm working on a scarf that I'm going to talk about later. Like basically my original plan was like, I'm just, I'm going to sew a costume forevermore. And then it's over the past couple of months that is congealed into, I'm going to buy a costume and I'm going to make accessories. (laughs) Um, so I'm waiting on a vest, a sweet vest that I ordered in the mail. Um, and I'm just making, I'm making a bunch of like scarves and, and stuff to keep, keep me warm. Uh, which means that when comes summertime, I'm not gonna have anything to fucking wear. Probably, <laughs> maybe I'll make like summer variants of the same thing, you know, that are backed with cotton instead of fleece or whatever. Um, but we'll we'll see on that. Um, and then, but still still playing Final Fantasy XIV. I um, got my botanist up to level seventy four and started like the crystalline meme quests, which are interesting. Again, like fucking crafter-gatherer job quests always being weird. Um, And in this one, and it's set up, the crafter-gatherer quests for Shadowbringers are set up similarly to how the combat classes are, because, you know, there's, like, tank, like, physical DPS, magical DPS, and um, healer quests. There's not, like, a Dark Knight one and a Red Mage one, and it's kind of the same for 
crafter gatherers, there's not a specific quest for botanist and miner. There's just like the combined botany mining one, and then there's like a fisher one, and there's um, weaving type, like. I think I think the way it was said it was like basically fabric based ones versus metal based ones. Um, there's like a certain sets that you go through. Mm-hmm. So I started the combined minor botanist one, which in which you um, meet a very eccentric Mikote lady who is talking about some sort of creature um, that a Samiel. That's what she calls it, um, and. In Amarang, there is a large um, spine and ribcage structure called the spine of the Samuel or something like that. Yeah. So you have to go out there and collect, um, like, fragments of bone and stuff and bring them back to her. And you bring her, like, I don't know, 15 of them or something. And your esteem with the crystalline mean raises. And she thinks you're, because she thinks you're, like, what, she she thinks you're a cryptid hunter like her, basically. That's kind yeah. of that's kind of the um, vibe I'm getting from this girl. And so then you come back at level seventy three and you do another set, um, and so on and so forth. And so now I have to um, wait until level seventy five for the next bout. It's getting hard because again, gear is an issue, and I'm low on funds and can't keep buying new gear so i'm just kind of hoping that what i have is going to carry me to level 80 but we'll see um and i've been trying to like power level by grinding the sky builder stuff but it seems like either i picked the wrong sky builders material to gather or um it's just not that profitable anymore yeah (laughs) maybe when um when the next when 5.2 drops in february it'll kind of like pick up again but until then they're just sitting on my retainers for sale um i also got sekiro for christmas and i've played a little bit of that i have not gotten very far um i am liking it so far it's a little bit more stealth based i mean i guess you don't have to play it that way but that's how i've been playing it because i'm a coward so um <laughs> I sit in, in in camp on guys in grass and pick them off one by one or whatever. Um, and climb around people and drop down on top of them and whatnot. It's fun. I guess I'm kind of playing it like an Assassin's Creed game. Because that's how I used to play the Assassin's Creed games, too. Um, and I liked, I liked several I of those. Assassin's Creed games. Yeah. So. And I liked several of those. So, not knocking Sekiro. Um, I did... <laughs> Wolf is a really funny character to me. Um, he, he, I, I send a message to Jesse along the lines of "He's just Japanese solid snake," um, <laughs> because in the first scene that you have with the sculptor and with a couple of different characters, he'll just repeat information back to them, but like with a question mark at the end. Um, so he's like Shinobi prosthetic, and. Um, and the sculptor's like, this is your shinobi prosthetic. Shinobi prosthetic. Yes, you can upgrade it by, you know, bringing me shinobi tools. Shinobi tools. Yes, Wolf, shinobi tools. Like you. <laughs> uh, um, I I think it's funny. Um, I haven't gotten too deep into it, but there's... They've, they've introduced the dragon rot mechanic 
because um, I remember I died one too many times, and then they teleported me back to the sculptor's room, and he was in bad shape, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's not good, because I'm bad at this game. Oh, um, right. And... Hanbei the Undying is an interesting character. I remember when this game came out, there was somebody put out a comic of um, him being like, yeah, you can use me for sword practice because my entire existence is an unending nightmare of pain and and, and suffering and wolves like sweating. Nervously. <laughs> 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 um, what a strange character. Um, a living, like, training dummy, essentially. And... They wasted no time in making me sad about incidental NPCs, because, like, I guess this is spoilers, but it's it's fairly early on. Um, but like, I found an old woman in like a busted up old shack, and she's like, "Oh, um, God, I can't remember what his name was, Ishiro or something like that." She's like, "There you are. I was waiting for you." <coughs> Excuse me, and like. Wolf's like, I'm not your kid. And she's like, that's funny. Think I wouldn't recognize my own kid. You're funny. Um, take this bell. Oh, it's Inosuke is his name. Uh, take this bell, Inosuke. And Wolf's like, okay, fine. And yeah. like, and so I kept going. And like, within, like, if you look out the busted up wall of the shack, you can see a guy kind of slumped against the wall. And so I went over to talk to him next. And it was Inosuke. And he's beat up and dying and he's like can you check on my mother and of course wolf's like i did and she gave me this bell and he's like great can you can you do a thing with that it would really help me out thanks and i'm like man he's not even he's not even that far away like dying right outside his house essentially (laughs) um that didn't take long at all FromSoft is good at that um so i'll i'm gonna i've been kind of swapping off with that in final fantasy you know uh probably talk about it again next time but I'm really struggling with a, like, flashback sequence that I got from that bell. So we'll see if I can get any further into that. I'm just really bad at this game. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I'm going to do my best. Um, and then I went to Evermore on Saturday. Is anyone surprised? Um, <laughs> the trying to like get my thoughts in order here because i feel like i did a lot of stuff but not of it a lot of it was like very important um i did like the first thing i went in i i was waiting for my friends to go through because they bought their tickets day of and i was able to just like go right in um i already had my ticket so i went up and talked to Oren and piper and they both told me that i should go check on the worthers because they seem kind of they seem kind of sad so i was like oh okay so when my friends got in um, we went to check on the Worthers, and basically, Henry was saying that his aunt passed away and left him with a sizable inheritance, and he has to go away to deal with, like, the estate, uh, and he's worried about leaving Marzi. So he told me and my friends to find a person who is not male uh, that would be willing to watch over Marzi and keep her safe while he's away. And we did kind of roast him a little bit about... Um, having to specify not male like don't you trust yeah. your own wife <laughs> um but she agreed to it so whatever we were, i was like i'm gonna talk to kill because she'll yeah. totally be down for this um the other thing is like 
before I got there, like the night before, um, they'd introduced this concept of like curse zones where mm. in between a certain point and a certain point, no one could speak. Um, or, and then the curse just kind of like lifted and everything went back to normal. And so I was kind of asking questions about that, but didn't get very far. Um, I also then went to the burrows and found Zodi outside and I was like, Hey, how are you? And he, and he essentially gave me an answer that was like, why do you care? Cause I don't remember if I talked about this last time, but he like, um, is a jerk now because of the whole sugar issue. Oh, um, right. and so I was like, that's, that is not fair, man. I have, I have never given you any indication that I don't care. And I was like, when have I ever indicated that I don't care? And he like didn't answer because he, he, he can't, yeah. I do care about Zodi. You can't t- treat me like this, man. <laughs> um, but then um, the professor kind of intercepted and was like, he's not himself. And Zodi just walked away. And I was like, all right, I'll just let him go. He had this like plan that I ended up not participating in where we were supposed to go to the people that had had the gumdrops and like extract from them their most painful memory and then have oh. them sign a piece of paper. And they were going to take the piece of paper and like put it in Zodi's bowl at the end of the night and use those memories to like extract Zodi's good memories. And I like was like, wait a minute, they introduced this whole plot thread about people using people's names for magic, and I was like, is it a good idea, do you think, to give Zodi a list of names <laughs> of yeah, people that he good. believes has exploited him? And the actor shot me down so hard on that, so I guess that wasn't part of the writing. Um, so I just kind of let it drop. <laughs> this will happen from time to time, where you'll be like, oh, and you'll get this idea, and you'll express it to an actor, and they're like, no. And you're like, I... Okay. <laughs> that was the actor going, we forgot about that, so no. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, so <laughs> I just let that one go. I do think that would have been kind of interesting, but apparently as of the 30th, Zodi is now cured and back to normal. Mm. So um, it worked. Good job, Professor. <laughs> um, but... Um, we also my a bunch of my friends went to see the cats musical last week oh boy <laughs> so they were all all about the cats musical so when we got to the burrows the first thing they asked was if lonique would sing um skimble shanks the railway cat <laughs> and the actor just started laughing <laughs> I don't remember all of what he said. He he made some really good jokes about it, but I don't remember them now. God, Lottie's funny. Um, and so now, if I turn up on Saturday again and he sings Skimbleshanks the Railroad Cat for me, I'm going to die. Like, I can't deal with that. Um, God, I want to see cats, but I don't want to pay $12 to see cats. Same. But now also it's been patched. So, oh, like, what's right. the point? They've been patched! <laughs> <laughs> you could have described it like i know that they went in and fixed some things but the way the way you're like it's been patched (laughs) but also like it's probably still horrifying oh yeah that that clip of rebel wilson taking off her skin suit and revealing clothes underneath is just the worst ever i just like the person who was like it's like her holding a very long sausage that does not look appropriate with other cats coming down from the ceiling above her and someone was like hey what the fuck is this (laughs) (laughs) it's so bad 
um, that that whole movie's a mess. Apparently, it's a very enjoyable mess, but it's a mess. I um, love the person who was like, "I forgot what real cats looked like by the end of this movie." <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, moving on from Cats 2019. Um, also, in the boroughs were these new characters. Um, something. So most of the time when I go into the park, I will I will occasionally like take meta knowledge that I have from the spoilers group into the park just because it's easier that way. Yeah. If I go in already knowing that Lily Dunghill is dead um, and has come back as a ghost and how she died and who did it, it's easier than forcing an actor to explain it to me for 20 minutes. And I'm sure yeah. they get tired of that. So I just kind of like... I will pick and choose what information I go in knowing. I pretended not to know who these guys were <laughs> because the, the the descriptions that I was getting from Facebook about them were wild. Um, so I go in and they introduce themselves. Their names are Frank, Aurelius, and Cornelius. I enjoy that one of them is just named Frank. Frank, I know. I like that Aurelius <laughs> and Cornelius have those names, but then one guy's just like, yo, name's Frank. Frank. Um, it's like it makes me think of like people who are first getting into stuff like this LARP or D&D or whatever and they come up with like really elaborate backstories for their characters because they're super excited but they spend all this time on their backstory and design and then they forget to give them a name so they're just like this is um this is uh Bob the dragonborn bard (laughs) listen somebody's name has to be Bob the dragonborn bard I mean, what's funny is that a lot of people have theorized that they are um, a joke about world walkers because of this. I guess that's possible, but I don't know if they'd really go that route. Um, Yeah. But, like, so I I was talking to these guys. um, I'm trying to remember all of what they said because they said some really strange stuff. I I asked them where they came from, and they said they came through the Aurora portal. And I was like, oh, are you from Aurora? And they were like, no. Um, (laughs) Okay. And so I said, okay, well... Well, is there, like, is there a space between Aurora and Evermore, or is it just, like, a liminal space? And they didn't really fully answer that question, but, like, essentially, no, it's not a liminal space. There is, like, a place there. Mm. Um, I asked... I can't remember how I got this information, but one of them said, um, this body has always been human, and so I'm like but you haven't always been human. And he's like, I, I am human. It's like, X to doubt. <laughs> X to doubt. Yeah, like, why would you say this body has only always been human? That's such a weird way to phrase that if yeah. you're like, yeah, I'm human. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember all of what they said, but they were like, I basically, I ended the conversation. Oh, yeah, they didn't know how to, I, like, went to shake their hands and they didn't know what I was doing. Like, they didn't they don't understand basic like human earth customs basically um and so i went to my friends and i was like those guys are aliens <laughs> <laughs> that's an alien that's an alien yeah I, I there hasn't been a resolution to those guys yet but they're very strange and i like them a lot later on in the night i saw them like walking around one of them had like a tea kettle and the other one had a saucepan and they were just like they were using them like witching rods you know that you would 
that you allegedly use to find water or gold or ley lines or whatever. Um, and I was like, what, what you got there? What's, what's that instrument you got there? And he's like, it's a tea kettle. And I'm like, yeah, but like... Why are you carrying around a tea <laughs> what, kettle like that? It's like, it's like, we're investigating the ley lines. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, all right, sir. Like, like a, a running theme in the plot of Evermore is that there are multiple ley lines running through Evermore. And that's why it's so fucked up and weird there. Um, yeah, those guys are a lot of fun. They're very, very strange. They're, they're definitely aliens. Um, <laughs> that it was at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, we went and hung out with the, we went to check on the wolves and I was wearing my Game of Thrones cloak because it was fucking cold that night. Um, and Estegon, the shield, the one that had glared at me last week, yeah. <laughs> or the last time I went, um, I don't remember if that was last week or both weeks ago anymore. I, what, what year is it? Um, but he walked up and he kind of like touched the fur. He's like, this one looks like mine. And I'm like, I, yeah, it kind of does actually. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have noticed that, that uh, characters in the park will sort of subtly encourage you for dressing up by commenting on your costume in odd ways. Um, I mean, th- they would also comment on like my sunglasses when I dress normally, but still I've, I've noticed it a lot more now that I started trying to fit in. Uh, it's nice. Yeah. Um, Another thing I wrote down in my notes is, oh yeah, after I after I ran into the the scholars with their um, magical implements that were just kitchen appliances, um, the nightshade, the ranger, elven ranger, kind of called out to me and was like, "Are you interested in joining a guild?" And I'm like, "Because ah, I've been talking about joining the hunters." Um, so like, all the guilds in Evermore have are like beefing with each other. Right? Except for the bards. The bards are just happy to be here. The but, bards like, are just happy to be here is the most accurate description of a bard I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> All of the happy to be guilds here. are fighting, except for the bards. The bards are just like, hey! <laughs> it's like, would you like a song for your beef? Um, <laughs> would you so, like, like the a pirates, song? <laughs> the pirates have beef with the knights because they're pirates, and the knights have be- beef with the pirates because they're knights, and those are guys are pirates. Um... And the hunters don't like the dragon trainers. Like, they don't like each other. And then, like, a running gag for a long time was that everybody had beef with the rangers because Nightshade's an asshole. (laughs) I also like that Nightshade (laughs) appeared out of the fucking ether to be like, hey, kids, you want to join a guild? (laughs) It's not like he passed him. It's not like he he just appeared suddenly. But, like... Like the the meta commentary for a long time was like was like nobody likes the Rangers because nobody likes Nightshade, um, and like even a couple weeks ago when I came and um, Philander had the big blow up with the Bards and was trying out different um, guilds, he kind of like he had something specific to say about why he couldn't be in each one, but when he got to the Rangers he was just like, and I can't be a Ranger. God, have you ever talked to Nightshade? What is that guy's problem? Like. <laughs> What is it about Nightshade that makes people so, like, is he just stuck he, up, or, like... He he is a bit, like, uptight. Um, the only real interaction I've had with Nightshade was at, towards the end of Lore when I brought my friends for Halloween. Because we were talking to Lily, and he walked up and was like, like, what are you doing? Are you just talking to thin air? Um, and kind of, like... <laughs> Kite was a little bit shitty to us because we were crazy. Um, and like Lily, like I knew his name was Nightshade, 
Um, but Lily told us his real name, who I, which I can't remember right now. And my, so my friend was like, oh, like, you're so-and-so, right? And he was like, how do you, don't use, how do you know that name? Don't use it. How dare you? Um, and Why did kept they getting go mad at us by for that. What? pseudonames? I don't know. I guess I'll have to ask him sometime. <laughs> it's, it's like talking to him, it's just such a chore. <laughs> Why do you go but by like, the name Nightshade if that's not your name? <laughs> Yeah, and it's, like, it's not all of them, because I think Viella is, like, Viella's real name. Um, and I think Dreiner is Dreiner's real name. But I know that there was also an elf named Hal, and that wasn't his real name as far as I know. That was a nickname. So, like, uh, um, I guess I'll just have to fucking talk to the elves and ask them. Um, <laughs> Are all the elves assholes or just Nightshade? No, Viella's a, a delight. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering I if this Dr- was I don't a... know Dreiner. He's new. Um... But, like, yeah, I, it's just a really funny, like, everybody, same with, like, everybody shits on Ozymandias all the time, because he's a cop. Like, everybody just trash talks Nightshade all the time, because he's uptight. Um, so that's, that's all I had in mind when I was talking to him, because he's like, Would you, are you interested in joining the Rangers? And I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm kind of undecided. And he's like, do you have any prospects? And I'm like, hunters. And he got this, he got, like, such a disgusted look on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he's like, well, if you decide on the Rangers, and he kind of told me a little bit about it, and I'm like, actually, honestly, I might join the Rangers this week, um, when I go, specifically because I was thinking, I was like, you know, I know the Hunters pretty well, but I really don't know anything about the Elves, so it might be nice to, like, join the guild and have an inn to talk to them like they're people instead of just shit-talking Nightshade all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And then maybe I'll find out why he goes by Nightshade. Yeah. (laughs) Um... But, like, yeah, that was, I just, I had to try very hard not to laugh at him when he gave me that disgusted look about joining the Blackhearts. Um, but I also, like, at one point, we um, went to sit down for a little, it was, like, it was ungodly cold outside that night. I I want to say the low was 20 degrees, and it was windy, so it was pretty bitter, uh, so at one point my friends got food and we just like went into Vander's Keep and sat down. While I was in there, I heard a bit of a commotion behind me. And I turned around and Philander was telling a story in which he was playing all of the characters in the story. So he would like be standing, say, to what would have been my right. And so he'd be, he'd be and then um, Lufinia was there and she was like, and he would move over to my left and like, Wah! like a wolf and just he was he's so funny he's really funny i like philander a lot and he basically told a story about how um he was trying to get out of the quiet zone last that previous night and he stumbled into the mausoleum into a secret meeting between like 20 world walkers and all of the wolves of winter and he was (laughs) not welcome at this meeting and so he like books it and Ulfinia chased him down and dragged him back and they were like what are you doing here are you a spy like how like how dare you come in here and he was just and he um he asked them if he could like retell their folklore and stories essentially and kind of got in on their good side by offering to do that um so that's how he escaped that nightmare because they probably would have killed him (laughs) He's um, like, listen, I'm just a bard. And by this point, I had like, he's like, yeah, I, I am but a humble bard, tending <laughs> to my stories. Um, 
so by this point he had kind of finished and so he, he like gets in my face and he's like and what have we learned and i'm like that you're a great storyteller and he's like thank you <laughs> <laughs> and what have we learned <laughs> um i love philander what a good character um i think the lesson here is we just like bards we like bards, but not enough to be a bard. Uh, at least not for me. I think my friend's going to stick with the bards. Um, so my friend really wanted to talk to the coven because at some point I mentioned that the coven is a guild you can join. And my friend was like, I want to be a witch. That sounds fantastic. I'm like, all right, well, let's go talk to Wen Weaver then. Uh, but by the time we got there, Wen was like, hey, y'all, it's fucking cold. Let's go inside. And so we walked with the group to Vander's Keep. At some point, somebody stopped me and was like, is when casting a spell? I was like, no, we're just moving inside because it's cold. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, we go inside and Sykes is there. Now, the previous weekend, when I had not been able to go because I was in Colorado, um, the, um, this was in the midst of the whole pie frenzy. And they threw, like, a dance for um, the elves and their two caretakers Gimli and Gaffrook got up and did a little speech at the end Gimli Gimli said something about it being um a delight and delight was a trigger word and they all snapped to attention and they grabbed Sykes and they dragged him through town square marching like little toy soldiers um to the burrows at which point they threw him on the ground and Gaffrook broke Sykes's femur um oh Jesus yeah and like by the way, props to the guy that plays Sykes, because the way he was screaming, I would have actually believed that his leg was broken. Holy shit. Um, acting. <laughs> so, um, by the way, I saw this in a live stream video. That's why I'm able to like describe it with accuracy. Um, like I said, I wasn't there. At this point, the um, there was the sound of drums, and the Wolf King appeared. And um, he's dope. He wears like a porcupine helmet pelt thing he looks really awesome and the drums kind of like cured everyone of this pie hypnosis including the elves of light they've been under that spell for like 15 years um that's a lot to unpack um i haven't really talked to them about it yet <laughs> but um so that's so that kind of is how that's resolved. but but sykes obviously is still healing up so he was like in Vander's keep um with his leg propped up and um he and Ozzy were talking about something and so I looked over and Ozzy Mandy's had a letter and I couldn't read it because the text was really small and my eyesight sucks. Um and so after Ozzy Mandy's left, uh he said something about getting like a wax seal or something and, and speed walked off as he is wont to do. Yeah. And so I was like, hey, you know, how are you doing, Sykes? Oh good. Oh great. Um but what was that letter Ozzy had? And he says, it's an arrest warrant. And I was like, uh, whoops. <laughs> an arrest warrant for who? And a world walker said, for Suds. And I looked at Sykes and he nodded. <gasps> and I was like, for Suds? The mayor? No, oh, the wait. mayor is, uh, Violet. Atkinson. Oh, right, Violet's the uh, mayor. Suds is the tavern the keeper. keeper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Suds was being investigated for embezzlement. Um, and so I ran to my friends who were talking to to Wen, and I was like, listen, you guys can stay here if you want, but I'm going to the tavern because Ozymandias just signed an arrest warrant for Suds. And they're like, what? So we went, so we all went to the tavern, um, and it was really busy in there because it's the tavern and it was cold outside. 
And um, I thought briefly about warning suds. And then I was like, no. <laughs> Which is probably the meanest thing I've done since I've started going to Evermore. But um, another friend of mine was there. And he was like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just uh, hanging out in the tavern because Ozymandias might appear sometime in the next few minutes. It's like, mm, why? I'm like, send an arrest warrant. What? For who? And I kind of like gestured behind me at Suds and he's like, oh, fuck. And so we're like sitting there, like one of us is staring at each door. We're just like, where is he? Where is he? My friend, like, at some point, um, two world walkers like got eloped that night in the tavern. Um, so it got really busy in there and there was a lot going on. So my friend kind of like moved to the door. Um, I could see the lawyer character they introduced Uriah Dickens and Suds talking. A world walker warned him about the arrest warrant. Someone who is nicer and more pro Suds than I am, apparently. I like Suds, by the way. I just like, for some reason, I was like, it'll be more dramatic if I don't tell him. Um, so. I was like, okay, something's happening. Um, but I thought I heard him say that it wasn't going to happen tonight. So I went over to my friend and I was like, hey, I don't want you waiting here all night. So I don't think it's going to happen. This is what I heard. And he's like, okay, thanks. And then my, I got a message from my friend that was like, Ozymandias is here. And I was like, never mind, he's here. <laughs> and apparently um, he kind of saw what was going on. And he said, that's unfortunate. Um, Ozymandias, that is. Yeah. And so he like could see that there was like a wedding going on. He's like, I'm going to ruin so many people's days right now. <laughs> but they waited until it w had kind of died down and then came in. And um, basically the gist of what I could get was that Suds was skimming off the top of Dr. Marsh's paychecks um, and putting a little fund away. Some people say it was to buy back the tavern, but he said it was for his daughter, Roe who is the, like, assistant constable now. Um, and so he gets arrested. And my two other friends had kind of wandered off, and they caught me as I was following Suds and Ozzy. And they're like, oh, hi. And I'm like, hi, Suds is getting arrested. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, my God, what? So um, they said his bail was 50 gold, and I don't think they expected the World Walkers to come up with that literally instantly, because... Seriously, like, five people pulled together their gold, and we got 50 in less than a minute and paid his bail. He, he came back out. Um, but I went back to the front, and I saw Dr. Marsh, and I was like, is, is this true? And she was like, yeah, I, I went to check the pocketbooks trying to be responsible. I saw some discrepancies, and I asked her, like, it's enough discrepancies that you didn't think it was an accident? And she's like, I wanted it to be an accident, but when I reported it to the constable, she found additional evidence that it wasn't. And I was like, that's fucked up. Um, and like, she was kind of like, I've done nothing but cause problems ever since I've arrived in Evermore. Everyone is mad at me. Like, I didn't want this to escalate. I didn't want this to happen. And so I was like, look, I'm, I think I might've been the only person in the crowd because a lot of people are very pro Suds. Suds is a very popular character, obviously. And I was like, "Look, he's he's a good guy, but it, that's wrong. You like you need to be paid as a doctor. It's it's not okay for him to skim off the top. Like I'm on your side." Um, she looked like she was gonna cry. <laughs> um, so like, again, like Team Doctor Marsh. I 
don't embezzle. <laughs> don't don't embezzle things. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to Suds about it on Saturday if he's there. Um and see or or her and see how it shook out because I haven't heard anybody I haven't seen anybody talking about it on Facebook. Like they said that the a guilty verdict was probably gonna come down within the next day or so and I don't really know. Um I haven't heard anything about it. So I'm not sure um where that went. I was like that was that was the big drama of the night right there. Um, after that, it was a bit quieter. Uh, they have the train up and running now, so my friends and I rode on that. At one point during the night, I saw it going, and it went over the like big um, doors. There's like these big doors at a couple spots at the back of the park that are that they. Um, that's how they got the fire truck in the night that the the snack shack lit on fire, which yeah. they opened up those doors and let the truck in, and they'll like have actors behind that and they'll come in sometimes um at some point i heard somebody call them like out like on facebook or something i saw that they were called the jurassic park doors and i was like yeah that's what they are like they're jurassic park doors um and so that's 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 in my mind now and so i saw the train going over those and i was like oh i didn't know the train went over the jurassic park doors and some character was there and he looked at me with like so much confusion like what is this what is this girl talking about like <laughs> jurassic park doors <laughs> he was so confused um but we got to ride the train all i wanted was to go over the jurassic park doors that being said i don't think i'm going to go on the train again a because like it's just a little train ride you know it's not that exciting but also um going over those Jurassic Park doors was a little terrifying. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure the bridge is stable, but it doesn't look like it um, Mm. because it's like the wooden slats, you know? Yeah. Um, And I'm scared of heights. So (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking was going to happen, but, um, but it was fun. Um, Then we hung out in the boroughs for a little bit because the, the one of my friends that was there uh, doesn't get to go very often because they live farther away. And um, they absolutely love the dwarves. Dwarves are their favorite character. Like, And honestly, that's valid. Those guys are great. So they wanted to spend a lot of time in the boroughs. So we kind of hung out in the boroughs for a wh- little while. Um, they sung Dancing Queen. And like there was this other person there that we didn't know. And like my friend and this lady like started just belting out all of dancing queen and like i was like did you guys just become best friends (laughs) (laughs) it was great um there were also there were these guys in the park they were just plain clothes world walkers i never i don't think i've ever seen them before but they were describing themselves as the pipettes um piper's biggest fan club and they had the big like folding fans that and like i'd seen them earlier in the night and they were dancing and like swinging their fans around in front of piper as she was playing bagpipes and marching through town and it was the greatest thing ever and they were in the burrows and like they were so funny and they had great energy like if y'all are listening to this props to you guys please come back soon um they we sang sweet dreams are made of this with them and then they were I don't, I don't know like it's hard to describe they were just really really funny and so i told them i was like you guys are great and they gave me a piece of gold <laughs> <laughs> i'm like thanks um oh and then i forgot to cap off the werther's drama but um i did talk to Kalyri and she was totally down to uh 
she was like, I will die for Marzi. And I was like, calm down. <laughs> She's funny too. I was very much like, if you want to make friends with uh, Kalairi, find like a really good uh, story about knights and you know, all that and tell, tell it to her. She'll love you. Um, so I need to find some good night, night mythology stories to talk about with Kalairi. She loves them. Um, and I also found out how she got the scar on her face. Apparently she took an axe to the face and just kept on swinging. Oh boy. Mythosians are tough. Um, but yeah, I went and reported that to Henry and I got two gold for my efforts. So I made back the money that I lost um, in a bet with Suds earlier in the evening. <laughs> um, I played blackjack and lost. But other than that, oh, and then for the, for the first time in a while, we did sea shanties at the end of the night. So that was fun. I was like, I missed this. Um, but also the newest curse zone that night was um, in a certain zone, anything that somebody said was sung. Um, so like my, my friend noticed this. I did not because we walked past um, the mayor and she was singing and I didn't really think anything of it at the time. My friend was like, hey, yo, have you heard anything about this? And I was like, oh, no. I should pay more attention when I'm walking around. Thanks. Um, mm. So that's the latest mystery. I, it seems like it's something different every time. And someone on Facebook earlier said that it was the scholars doing this. So um, I'm not sure about the validity of that, but I'm going to investigate. And I've talked for long enough. So that's my evermore rundown for the week. That's my pre-salt. All right. Uh pre-salt. Sorry, I just discovered some blisters all over my hands, and I'm like... Oh, no. I'm only on my right hand. My left hand looks fine. Which begs a lot of questions, because I was like, why does this hurt? So, maybe I should call my doctor. But anyway, that's unrelated to my pre-salt. I just was looking at my hands that have been in pain for a while. I'm like, <laughs> what's, uh, what's going on here? Uh... Anyway... My pre-salt. I don't know where to put this, because it's not really salt, and it's not really... Uh, I didn't really enjoy it either, but it was, I watched, uh, Klaus, the animated movie, um, on Netflix. It was a movie. <laughs> um, it wasn't bad. It was just kind of boring. It was just like, it was a plot that's been plotted many plot times, and there was nothing new or really inventive about it enough for me to be like, aha, um, the animation was beautiful, and, uh, I know that, like, a, a lot of, a lot of the energy surrounding it had to do, um, with the animation, so if you're interested in animation, it might be worth a watch. It wasn't, like, a bad film, it was just kind of, like, flat, even for, like, a children's movie, um, so I watched it, it happened, uh, thank you for watching my Fire Emblem video to the people who did, really appreciate it. Um, I hope I made you laugh a little bit. Uh, the Kojima piss one is next because I guess I hate myself a little bit, but also I think it'll be funny. So if you're ready for my Kojima piss board, um, it's, it's a coming and it's going to be a fucking hot mess once again <laughs> as I scream. Um, but I do plan to keep doing these just for fun. Uh, and I, my idea 
behind it is that I am going to make closet cosplays for as many of them as possible. Um, so stuff that I already have put it together in some semblance of bad cosplay um, for you to enjoy. Just to, you know, add a visual flavor. I tried to, at least for the Fire Emblem one, um, wear black like the Byleths, and then I had my little hair braid for Claude, and then I had sword earrings on, so um, tried to have a themed outfit, so I'll continue to try and theme my outfits that way. And speaking of Fire Emblem... I am playing the Golden Deer route right now, and holy shit, I love these kids. So, like, I- I just I, got Fire Emblem, so excited to play it. I- so I chose the Golden Deer, and, um, basically Claude's pitch was like, we could do great things together, wink wonk, and I was like, oh god. And, like, immediate- when you meet Claude, he immediately- like, the first thing you find out about Claude is that, um- when bandits attacked uh, the students' camp on their way back to Garrett Mock or to Garrett Mock, um, and they were all fighting, Claude ran away. <laughs> like he's excuse me, he says he made a tactical retreat, and uh, the other, uh, and then Dimitri goes, "That's what you were doing. I thought you were going to get help." And Edelgard is like, "Dimitri, you complete and utter fool." And then Dimitri and Edelgard start fighting. And Claude's like, huh. um, he's like, well, my plan would have worked, except for you two idiots followed me. So now there are bandits coming. Um, and that's like your your first introduction. It's like the introduction battle that teaches you how the systems work, right? Like your tutorial. Um, and I automatically was like, I love Claude. So then I choose the golden deer and I'm standing in front of them and immediately I'm like, oh god, I've made a mistake. Because my friend points out that they are, like, intentionally designed to not look like a cohesive unit. Like, you look at them, and none of them look like they belong together. Um, their hair is all, like, wildly different colors. They're all kind of mismatched in height and weight and shape, and, like, everything about them looks like a ragtag group of people. Also, um, all of them are from the Leicester Alliance, which... Uh, so, Fargus is a kingdom, and that's Blue Lions. I think that's, uh, Dimitri's kingdom that he's the prince of. And then Edelgard is, of course, the, going to be the, she's the princess going to be empress of the empire. Um, and then over these, like, like, this kind of, like, mountainy area is the Leicester Alliance. And they're an alliance of lords, but they're not, like, um, they're... Like, there's a leader, technically, and that's House Regan, uh, Regan, which is Claude's house, but they're, they have, like, a round table, and all of their politics are discussed at, like, this round table, and there's no king of, uh, the alliance. Um, so I think, like, it's kind of nice to have these, like, mismatch, like, fucking awkward, they don't look like they belong together group of people, uh, as, like, a representation of an alliance that's not, like, unified by a king, but rather unified by their want to be an alliance. Um, and so, uh, they've, they've decided, because to the, to the north of them, I want to say, Jesse's bad with maps. Uh, <laughs> Me too. Over these mountains. <laughs> yeah. Over these mountains, um, are the Elmyrans, which have been at war with Fodolin 
for, or, like, specifically the Lightcaster Alliance for a really long time. Um, and, uh, the, like, basically the narrative that's been sold to the Lightcaster Alliance are, like, these people are savages. Um, and Claude's like, maybe they're not. Also, Claude appeared out of nowhere, uh, when House Reagan was, like, it was looking like they were just going to die off as a house because there was no legitimate heir because the the, the d- dude's like daughter disappeared. Oh, all of a sudden he has a grandson um, who is uh, mysteriously tan like the Elmyrans. Hmm. Hmm. Um, hmm. Mysterious. <laughs> Mysterious. Because <laughs> the only other Elmyran you really meet is Cyril, who is also tan. Hmm. Um, so... And, uh, Lorenz has a lot to say about that. Every time Lorenz opens his mouth to speak to Claude, I'm like, I will stab you. This is why I always push you on the front lines, Lorenz. Uh, I'm like, you bully Claude one more fucking time. But, um, Claude is, Claude knows that his position is very, uh, tenuous. It's not, it's not secure. So he is very sneaky. Um... And, like, the first the first mock battle, he comes up to me, and he's like, Hey, Teach, that's another thing. I'm like, Claude, I'm gonna grab you by the fucking ear if you call me Teach one more time. Show me some goddamn respect. <laughs> and my, my friend was like, you will never get respect from him. And I'm like, God damn it. Um, I am your professor. Uh, but he comes up to me, he's like, Hey, Teach, what if we just poisoned the other classes? And I was like, uh, no. And he's like, oh, right. You can't, like, officially sanction anything like that. I understand wink um but he's like not allowed yeah (laughs) not allowed and he's like you know they just get food poisoning or something and i'm like come on (laughs) and immediately i'm like shit this is some loki energy i love you you're my son um because he knows he's not the strongest they're they're not the strongest they don't have the most influence uh so they're just gonna have to be sneaky and that's his entire life but it's actually kind of sad like one of the first things you note about him is that he smiles a lot, but his smile never me- reaches his eyes, probably because he cannot be open with anyone um, because his position is not secure. Like, he's sitting on the edge of glory and he knows it, so he's always playing everybody. Um, and I I understand that it's really sad, and but I also kind of, like, it's one of the things I enjoy about Claude is that, like... His skill is that he's sneaky, and I like that. But also, um, he is a brat. He's a he's a big brat. They're all brats. Like, Hilda came up to me the other day and tried to blackmail me so that she didn't have to um, fight because she's like, ah, it gets all sweaty, and I don't want to be sweaty. And then she crits a guy for, like, 76 in a baby battle, and I'm like, Hilda, I'm sorry. Hilda, Hilda, Hilda. Yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry, baby girl, but you are, like, one of my strongest units. You're going in there. Um, but it's been... I, I like... I, like, saw them all standing together for the first time, and the beginning drums of I'll Make a Man Out of You from um, <laughs> Mulan started playing in my head, because that's exactly what I'm going to have to do with these kids. I have to babysit the shit out of them. Lysinthia is one of those um, units you have to babysit the shit out of. She's, like, 15, um... So she literally baby, but also uh, I'm leveling her for magic, and so also kind of squishy. Um, 
but there is a master class you can get with Lysynthia that's worth worth your time. Um, but also just like I the other day because I've been leveling her magic, I was in a battle and she fucking obliterated a man. Um, she crit shot him and like every sh- every like shot I had with her was dope. Uh, so it's worth it for me to level her because I feel like she's going to be one of those units later that's really helpful. Also, she's one of the only units. Um, I think she might be the only one that has a, a bonus against, uh, like, effective against mounted units. Um, so she's a pretty fun <laughs> one to have. But, uh, yeah, you got to kind of sit on top of her. I'm playing classic mode, though, so no permadeath. But the other day, she uh, she was out. Somebody took her out right before. And I needed her because the unit that I was fighting at the end was a mounted unit. And I'm like, God damn it. This wouldn't have happened if I didn't let them take like Cynthia away from me um, and, um so that last battle took a while but path of radiance i had so many hard like hard resets where i had to start a battle over because one of my units died <laughs> yeah. you can play uh you can play casual which has no permadeath but there's also yeah. the um the <laughs> goddess pulse feature where you can like go back two moves or something uh and i, I think that's new to this game because at yeah. least for i don't know if it was in radiant dawn uh, but in Path of Radiance, they were like, what, you want You want an easy mode? What are you, some kind of weenie? I'm just like, I think, too, because this game is also very, very uh, character-driven. Like, it has a little bit more JRPG feels. Uh, yeah. As, compo- as compared to the other ones. Um, so they're more inclined to, like, give you some lenience with your characters just because you want them for the story and for the <laughs> romancing and whatnot. Yeah. So. The way they got around that in Path of Radiance was kind of awkward, where um, there were a lot of optional units, and then the ones that weren't optional and were story characters um, would just, like, retreat from battle permanently if they were gravely injured. And basically, they they would still be in the plot, but you wouldn't be able to take them into battle. It was like it was kind of awkward. Uh, yeah. This is probably a better way of handling it. It's it's just I don't know. It's I'm really I thought I was gonna be like oh the strategy is too hard, but it really is horny chess, and I appreciate every second of it. Um, and every time one of my one of my children crits someone, I'm like fuck yeah, and I'm like screaming. And I, the other day I took Bernadetta because I'm trying to recruit Bernadetta, so I took on a mission which my friend described as, "Hey Bernadetta, you want to know what it's like to kill a man?" And I was like, <laughs> "Shit, you right." Um, I took her into a mission and I was like not expecting anything, uh, and she just fucking obliterated some grown men, and I was just like, "Baby girl, I love you." Is she you. a mage? Uh, no, she's an archer. Default. Okay. Like, you Archers can... can also be, like, super OP in Fire Emblem. But, like, yeah. there's a character in, in Path of Radiance named Soren who is just a fucking beast. Like, he starts out super squishy like most archers do. Um, but if you level him up properly and babysit him... Like, I think I once got... Um, he crit, and then he got, like... He had, like, a special skill where he would sometimes get an extra turn. So he got that, crit again, and then got the special turn again. <laughs> And crit again, and I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> he caused yeah. a whole bunch of damage to that boss. <laughs> I'm definitely... So, Claude, I'm leveling as Archer, although he's got my highest charisma right now for some reason, so I don't know what's going on with that. Um, but I'm leveling Claude as Archer with Authority because they have the uh, Battalion feature now, um, where you can go rent 
a group of soldiers, a battalion, basically. Um, and I have him controlling one and Byleth controlling one. Um, also, can I just say that female Byleth needs to talk more? Because every time she talks, I'm like, that sure is a good voice that they <laughs> picked for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even know Byleth was voice acted. Yeah, only for particular things. Uh, for crit lines and um, for, like, there's something else. Every once in a while when you talk to Sothis or whatever, someone, she'll say something. Or if you've, um, like, anytime you don't have a choice of what to say she is voice acted or he depending on who you're playing as um no i just remembered i i watched a video comparing apparently male violet had a different voice actor at first and they changed it um so i watched a video comparing the voices so i did know they were they were voice acted i just forgot yeah their crit lines usually are voice acted they originally Um, gave male violet like this really weird deep voice (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I wish, like, sometimes I love playing, I think next time I'll play as male Byleth. I'm not really interested in romancing anybody um, right now. I, I'm i building up other characters, like I'm building up Marianne and Hilda's support, because I want to get them to the last, the A support. It's so cute. Um, they're so cute. Right now, Marianne is very sad. Um, I like the future where I'm going around, uh the school looking i was like oh yes a game about war and also whose fucking book is this who does this belong to because <laughs> you're doing lost and found um giving people flowers and i'm like please please the other day i gave i've been leveling uh the stats that felix respects and um i knew i could get sylvain if i was female byleth so i chose female byleth which might have been a mistake because i keep staring at her titties when i'm trying to pay attention um <laughs> And uh, I was just like walked up to Savain and hit recruit, and he was like, "Hey, I want to join your uh, your class." And I was like, "Well, that's done." Because if you have titties, he's an instant recruit. Yeah, um, you have to work a little harder if you're a dude, right? Yeah, uh, but Felix is a little bit harder to recruit. But I've been leveling sword a lot, so he's interested. Um, there's something else that I have to level, and I gave him like a whetstone. So that he could sharpen his blades. I gave him sword-related stuff. I gave him a rock. I gave him a rock. I gave Felix sword-related paraphernalia. I'm like, please love me. Um, so I think right now my only unit with a sword is me. So, uh, and then I've got... Um, I'm working on Marianne as healer. Uh, and she's doing well. I think I'm going to try... Loren's default class is Lancer, but I'm leveling him as a magic unit because he has pretty good stats for magic, like starting stats. So uh, I'm leveling him with more like... I guess there's dark magic and light. One is healing, and one is like, I'm going to hit you. And so, Yeah, um, I'm leveling him more that way. Uh, But yeah, I'm having a fun time. I mean, also sometimes it hurts. Because it's a uh, fire emblem, like we just had to go kill someone's adopted father. I'm sorry, uh, that's just how it be. Because it's fire emblem. Um, but I, the contrast between like the fun, like stuff you're doing at the uh, monastery to kind of like recruit students and bring up their um, motivation and stuff so that you can teach them is wild. Next to the wor- horrors of war, because the first time. Uh, they kill, they all get special battle lines. Um, and some of them were just like, hell yeah! 
And other ones were like, oh, God, there's blood on my hands. Like, because <laughs> they're babies. They're children. I mean, war is bad for all people. But I do I do appreciate that, like, you get some, like, knowledge that they're definitely uh, going to have PTSD after this. Because they just had to kill a man. Um, but, yeah, yeah, Golden Deer is the house to be. We're a hot mess, but I love them all. I love all my babies. Um, some of them be dumb as hell. That's all right. I also really enjoy the fact that Edelgard and Dimitri are always arguing about everything. And meanwhile, the Golden Deer are like, can I get a waffle? Can I can please get a waffle? <laughs> like, that's that's it. That's what playing Golden Deer route is like. Um, also, fuck the church. Fuck, not the real life church, but the, the Church of Saros. Because... That shit is shady as hell. Don't don't listen to Nikki. Nikki's like, but fuck the church with the like sweat drops. No, no, Nikki, no, fuck them. Fuck Lady Rhea. Backflip out of here. That lady, isn't it weird? Um, that you know, all these uh, all these people with green hair work for the church. I mm-hmm. anyway, I have feelings about the Church of Saros. And their authority, uh, but also, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about Edelgard either, which I know is a hot is is a hot take. Um, but also, I'm a golden deer, so you know what you know what time it is. We're the we're the people who are like sounds like a whole lot of not my problems slams down my sunglasses. Ollie's out. <laughs> Ollie's out. Yeah, uh, that's it's, it's the best part about playing the golden deer route is that you're just kind of like. Mm, that's the, what what uh the thing about my last girlfriend turned in the into the moon. <laughs> into the moon. That's rough, buddy. That's rough, buddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's basically Claude. That's rough, buddy. Um, and then I watched Witcher. Um, I won't say too much about it because Kay hasn't watched it yet, and I know some of you haven't watched it yet. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I have mixed feelings about it, which I will talk about some of that later. Um. I think, like, I think I described to somebody that all the things that made Henry Cavill kind of a hard-to-enjoy Superman made him a really good uh, Geralt. Um, just, like, the the fact that his face looks cold and devoid of feeling, but then every once in a while he'll smile and then, like, it really opens up. But that, like, cold, clammed-off feeling with the rare moments of vulnerability and it's not his fault i think his face just looks like that sometimes i know like people are supposed to like symmetry but i think sometimes people can be so symmetrical that they lose like um they they lose that softness that some people have like they have almost a too perfect face you know um so i don't think he can help it that he looks like that Let's also not pretend that the writing had nothing to do with what was wrong with oh, the yeah. Superman. <laughs> but, like, there is definitely, uh, there is... definitely a, also a him problem. I think, yeah, I think the exas- it was exasperated by the fact that his default face is, like, not a very open face, which, like I said, is not his fault, but doesn't scream Clark Kent, you know? Um, because it's almost like when Clark, Clark Kent is Superman, he's putting on a mask and that mask is like his serious face you know what i'm saying um that's part of like what they talk about in the comics of like how people don't recognize him 
isn't just like, oh, well, he took off his glasses. It's like, oh, he's changed his entire demeanor. Um, and, like, Henry Cavill's, like, default demeanor isn't light and friendly. But it works really well. And I like his gravelly Witcher voice. Someone was like, why does he sound like that? And I'm like, well, Geralt kind of sounds like that Yeah, to be games. fair, he sounds like that in the English dub of the games, too. So Yeah. I have no idea what he sounds like in Polish, but in the English version of the game, he's like... His, his voice in Polish is still really deep, but I don't remember it being quite as I'm gravelly. trying to... I, like... There's, like, a point where, yeah, Scare tries to imitate his voice, and it sounds like what I try to imitate Geralt's voice, and every time I do it, it hurts me. But, so... Um, but I, like I said, I enjoy that. The wig doesn't look as bad. I know, like, when the preview came out, the wig looked real bad. It doesn't look as bad um in the show itself and they kind of trimmed it so it's a little bit shorter um it looks fine i saw more of henry cavill in this show than i ever really wanted to uh, <laughs> but i'm sure some people enjoyed that don't get me wrong um the the monsters were cool uh the some of the editing for the fight scenes was really good um it a lot of people were talking about how a lot of fight scenes especially with swords are edited with these fast choppy cuts where they went for kind of a uh longer cut and then to the faces and then back to the long cut which makes the sword like impact feel harder than it does in a lot of other action stuff and i agree um I hate that fucking golf club bag that Geralt keeps his swords in. I uh, he has the he has a, like a back um he has a oh, I don't even know what you call that of like a back sheath that he'll sometimes put one of his swords in. Uh, but you know he always carries two steel for humans, silver for monsters, which I've been thinking about trying to maintain silver weapons. And silver compared to steel is a super soft metal. So, like, keeping that edge sharp must be like a pit of bitches. Um, I wonder if it's like just coated with with silver. I, I mean, like, that would probably have to be a question for someone with yeah. deep lore the, knowledge. Even then, like, silver tarnishes really easily. Yeah. Um,. So I understand why they have two designated swords. Uh, but sometimes he just carries them around in what looks like a golf bag, like a golf club bag. I don't know what those are called. And I hate it. And I don't know whose executive decision that was. And I don't know why. And maybe it's in the book that he has this golf club bag full of his swords. Um, but it looks stupid, Todd. Uh, I hate, I don't know. I don't know why. I, that's not even salt. I just, I think about it. Costumes are really good. Um, even though, uh, they did say that, like, his muscles kept wearing through the armor. <laughs> they had a really good He's solution. He's too buff. He's too buff. Uh, they had a really good solution <laughs> to, like, his, uh, his leather armor as far as, like, in my opinion, that it kind of goes on a little bit like football, um, padding. So it makes, cause I was, cause I think about like how he would get that on and off himself. Um, but the solution of kind of making it go on like football padding makes it accessible for him to get in and out of. Um, just like a, that's just a dumb like little detail that I particularly enjoyed. Um, the, uh, the queen is, is a lot to take in. Um, she's kind of an asshole. But she also arrived at a banquet for her daughter getting married off covered in blood and carrying a sword. And, like, 
I am I am but a humble lesbian and <laughs> I know what I'm about. Um but she is kind of an ass. Uh the I, I think the casting was great, so that's another thing. Um and like I said, I really loved the contrast between Yeskir's personality and Geralt's personality. Um and uh the music is really good and just the um the spots they chose to film the costume the costuming is a little weird sometimes uh they made they made some choices um but you know looks good overall i just i have a i have a couple of questions it's been it usually has to do with the ladies costumes and not so much the dudes costumes um and specifically the sorceresses and like i understand that they have uh a lot more what do you call it uh freedom <laughs> because they're casting magic and not as often doing sword fights um but there are sometimes i'm like girding your loins exists why are you lifting up all three of your skirts when you could just like tie them between your legs and go off which is what i would do especially if i was doing war magic where like actually i do have to fight so i i don't know it just looks kind of stupid to like see like um a character in what looks like a like haute couture um, evening gown running downstairs while stuff is exploding around her. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and she and like it wasn't like this was unplanned. Like she knew she was going into battle, and that's the outfit she chose to wear. And like I have nothing against women looking pretty in uh, and being feminine while fighting. That's cool. But there's just like. There's sometimes I'm like, you could trip. <laughs> like, there's there's a lot of things. Like, I feel like some disasters could be avoided if you were just, like, even, not even wearing pants, just a slightly shorter skirt and some boots, you know? Um, but otherwise, really enjoyable. I'll talk about some other stuff later. Like the dynamic between all the characters. Um, there were some <coughs> dynamics that were really hard to watch. intentionally and some characters they made me feel really complicated relationships with which i appreciate like there are certain characters you're like god i want to hate this character but there are other times that you just like you you feel for them you know um which is always good you know when you have that war in yourself where you're like fuck this character's bad but like also i understand where they're coming from uh so there were a lot of those moments. Overall, really good show. And that's my pre-salt. Okay, moving into salt. Um, it's been cold. <laughs> I talked about this briefly in my evermore rant but it was very cold that night like 20 degrees after it got dark it was windy um the fires were like blowing all over the place so they couldn't really actually keep anybody warm um a lot of characters had to move into buildings the the elven rangers moved into the burrows the knights moved into the burrows the um the coven moved into the into vander's keep the bards were in vander's keep like the pirates huddled in the tavern it was just so cold 
Um, I was wearing gloves. I had to wear a hat, which ruined the aesthetic of my costume. Um, and that's, that's <laughs> the real tragedy here. <laughs> um, and just like gloves didn't help. It was just so fucking cold. It's not fun to be out in that for five hours. Um, but thankfully, they do heat the buildings, and it's not going to be as cold this Saturday. It's going to be a high of 39 and a low of 27. Oh, how nice. Um, but that seven degrees makes all the difference, man. Um, so, yeah, I just... I'm going to complain on and off about the cold for the rest of winter, probably, and then I'll start complaining about the heat. Um, also, ALA is next week, and I'm screaming. I had a, a moment of crisis um, going to sleep on Saturday night slash Sunday morning, where I was like, oh, fuck. ALA is in, like, a week. We're leaving on, like, the we the Wednesday morning before and it's just ah i um am glad i'm not con crunching this time but yeah. still and i did um the next morning kind of like nail down my plans with my friends like what time are we leaving how are we gonna do this and um so that helped dissipate some of the anxiety but like i mean like i said you know traveling freaks me out um other than that so like I just don't have a ton of salt. A while back, um, Evermore Park, like, tweeted out, slash Facebooked out, slash Instagrammed out this um, teaser video for something they were calling Realms. And there was a lot of speculation um, of what it was. It was like, is it, are they going to do a spring season? Is this, like, a new addition to the park? Like, what is it? It's a card game. <laughs> It truly is the Evermore way to hype something up and then completely disappoint. Yeah. Because <laughs> that happened with the um, the Pirate Soiree where like, there's a special announcement at the end, but I did later find out behind the scenes that they were going to do more stuff that they couldn't do for various reasons that I won't get into. Um, so when they were just like, the Pirates are staying in Evermore, they were, everybody was like, and... <laughs> and? So very much when they revealed that Realms is a card game, I was like, oh, an avocado! Thanks. Um, yeah. My friend did point out, she was like, well, at least now we're going to have, like, canon spellings of the characters' names. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, I didn't think about that. You're right. Um, turns out we've been getting a lot of them wrong all along, which is kind of funny. Um, Facebook group was spelling Kaderan correctly, though, so that's something. <laughs> that was probably the hardest one to get. <laughs> I think that's, like, an actual name, though. It probably is. But... Arik is very close to a, an actual name, and you would never guess how that's spelled. Like, um, I'm trying to think of another one that was a good, like, Jasper is spelled a bit oddly, if I remember correctly. Just, they, they, they do that, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I was just like, oh, an avocado, thanks. I, I don't like card games, so I'm not probably not going to buy into realms some people are very excited about it though and that's you know that's their prerogative and they are cool cards i did get to see pictures of them um so there's that i guess um i also so in addition to my like dragon wing shawl i also um 
decided I saw this other scarf on Etsy that was knit. It was actually like a knitting pattern and I don't, I can't knit to save my life. I was like, I bet I could sew something like this. And it was basically like a bandana with a bunch of scales down the front. Um, and I was like, I could make something like that. Um, so I've cut out 110 scales. Um, I essentially sewed a bandana out of fleece and I cut out 110 scales out of that scaly Yaya Han fabric again, because I still had some left over. And now I'm in the process of cutting out fleece backings for each individual scale and then sewing them together and then sewing them onto the scarf. This is going to take hours. What was I thinking? <laughs> I, I'm i already like four hours in and it's not even halfway done. I've got like three rows of scales sewn on at the very bottom. I, oof. Well, I'm, I made a mistake, but it's going to look cool. Um... And then I'm probably going to make the mistake a second time so that I can have one that's more summer friendly. But maybe, maybe I'll like come up with an easier way to do it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I can like fold the fabric a bunch of times and cut out a bunch all at once. Because the, the problem with the scale fabric is that I don't have enough of it to do that. Because uh, I'm basically just using my scraps at this point. I think, I think Joanne Fabrics is discontinuing that one. Which sucks, because it's the coolest mm. one. Of course, they're going to keep all the shitty fabrics that no one uses and get rid of the cool one that looks good and is nice. That's... Ah, I want more of that fabric, and I don't want to drive out to Tooele for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is what it is. I'm just using up my scraps now. I'll just I'll keep all the like tiniest pieces of cabbage to use and just until it's all gone, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, the scarf's going to look cool when it's done, but I am kind of regretting this decision. So we'll see. <laughs> That's all I got for this week. I'm sorry. Oh, it's fine. I mean, we did talk a lot about pre-salt, so we, we at did. least have that. Um, I feel like the <laughs> holidays happened. So to be fair, I was basically doing two jobs up to the 19th because I was swamped with a bunch of deadlines I finished my last deadline on Christmas Eve um my last day of work was on December 19th and then my last deadline for freelance stuff was on Christmas Eve um so I guess I had I was doing a lot and then on top of that like visiting family and blah 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 um and so I guess I didn't, I guess I just felt like I didn't really get to enjoy the holidays and then they were over. Um, so that's unfortunate, but what can you do? Um, so like that happened. My, a lot of, a lot of December was a lot of, uh, a lot of December had a lot of, I had to make a lot of tough choices. Um, that now I'm dealing with at the beginning of January of the new year. So I'm a little bit depressed, um, and just trying to keep busy because if I'm busy, I don't have to think about it. (laughs) That's not necessarily the healthiest way to deal with it, but like, as long as I'm doing stuff, I'm not stopping and thinking about how sad I am. Um, so don't feel bad if you want to commission me or whatever, you're not interrupting me. I'd prefer to be working um than thinking about how I'm gonna fix my life (laughs) 
And then uh, I have, I watched A Night Before Christmas. Um, <laughs> and I, my mom was like, it was a movie. Like, she was like, it was cute for what it was. And it was only like an hour. It felt like it was fucking three hours long, first of all. And it was only like an hour and a half. And um, I still don't know what the real plot of that movie was. So here, here it is. There, there's a knight in the 1400s, and he's, like, riding along in the woods uh, on a Christmas hunt, and he runs into this old lady, and the old lady is like, if to, you have to complete the, the quest to, <coughs> sorry, I'm choking on my own spit. Let me take a fucking sippy real quick. I was, like, really excited for this as, like, a potential bad Christmas movie, you know, to hear that it's not even like that makes me sad. Yeah. So she's like, um, here, you have to complete your quest to become a real knight. And he's like, okay. And she's like, he's like, I do want to be a real knight, even though he's arguably already a knight. And his brother is going to get knighted in, like, a week. So I'm confused, but whatever. So then she hands him this magic sundial and he gets yeeted into the future. And then um, the plot of Thor, the first Thor movie takes place where the girl hits him with her car. <laughs> uh, and then she goes to the hospital with him. And then ends up he ends up staying with her. Uh, and he's like a knight, so everything's all backwards. And he has to figure out what his quest <laughs> is and complete it by Christmas... Or he'll never be a real knight. And the... Okay. Okay. And the old wench lady gives him no other fucking clues. Not a single other clue. That's it. And so I'm, like, sitting here, and I'm like, God, the quest better not be that he just has to kiss that girl before Christmas. Or I'm gonna go absolutely apeshit fucking bananas. Um, so he goes... He He's living with this girl. Stuff happens... Um, the whole, like, he's naked and she's not looking thing happens. Um, got, take a fucking sip, babes, every time a fucking romantic comedy trope happens. But they all feel so empty. Also, I had to listen to him say the words, um, sounds lit, bro. <laughs> because he, he falls asleep and then, like, watching TV or something because Alexa, Alexa is also in this. Um, because apparently Amazon must have sponsored this. I don't fucking know. Alexa, play whatever. Uh, that's, a, that's a whole scene. He saves a fucking child um, from dying. <laughs> because uh, the, the girl's sister has a child. And the child and her friend go out on the ice. And then the ice starts to crack. So then he, like, comes out there, and because he, he's a knight, he uh, saves the child by having her lay down on her stomach and snail crawl over to him, which is actually really smart because it's distributing your weight over a larger surface area, um, and I think that's actually what they have you do, so it gets a point for that happening, um, and then he pulls her in and saves her, and then they're like, oh, you saved a little girl, but I guess that really wasn't your quest because he still didn't get yeeted back into the right time period but anyway he almost fights her ex because he finds out that he cheated on her um all this stuff happens and then he's like man i i really care about you and 
uh, I've learned so much while I'm here, but I'll never know my quest. And then they kiss, and then his little pendant lights up, and he goes back to the past. Because guess what his fucking quest was? It was her. And I... Of course. Of course. And, like, I knew it was gonna happen, and I was still upset about it, because I was like, I feel like this movie didn't do anything. Like... I feel like I just sat here and wasted my time. And I was drawing while I was watching it. Like, I had it up in the corner of my screen. And I still feel like I wasted time. Um, and then he goes back in time. He's like, but I love her. So then the wench is like, ha 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 ha. And sends him back to her, to the girl. And they can live happily ever after. Um, he did get to say goodbye to his brother, though. Uh, and so... His his then the his brother rides into the woods and meets the old lady again and starts all over. Um, and all I'm gonna say is, what the fuck is this magic lady? She just match makes across like centuries. I don't really understand what her goals were, who she is as a character. She might as well have been like, "Hi, my name's Plot Device," and then <laughs> <laughs> moved on. Um, that was a fucking movie I watched. So, oh, he got to bring his horse when he came back, at least. Uh, that, I mean, he really loves his horse. Uh, that was it. That was the whole movie. Aren't you guys glad I fucking watched that movie so you didn't have to? I was so sad. I was hoping it was gonna, like you said, be something that was so bad that it was good. But it wasn't even that. It was just like, I wasted time watching this. Time I will never get back. Um, but yeah, disappointed. And then we're going to talk about Witcher again. Please don't throw stones at me. I don't want to have stones thrown at me. Um, I would like to say as a disclaimer that I have no real beef. I guess when I talk about stuff that people could do better, because I, I've been to art school and I have taken art classes my whole life and we do critiques and in a critique you talk about what worked and you talk about what you could have done better to make the piece more clearly communicated especially with illustration because like over in graphic design like illustration and graphic design you are basically a communication like person that's what you're doing you're communicating ideas to other people illustration is literally storytelling so I am going to say this from the point of view of someone who has had these critiques all the time for like a really long time because I started taking art classes with these kinds of um, formats when I was in the sixth grade. So I've been doing this for a long time. I'm 25 now. Um, I am not saying this as these people have to do this or I'll never watch this thing again. This isn't a Last Jedi, like, me writing a letter about how they have to remake the whole movie in my specifications. (coughs) That's not what this is. This is just me giving a critique because I think that, like, we consume a lot of media. And as somebody who likes to create stuff, I like to think about what works and what I think they could do better. And I know a lot of you write and make stuff. And so maybe it can help you. That's all I'm doing here is talking. I'm entering so the forum. So hold your DMs. <laughs> so hold your fucking DMs. I'm not attacking anything. Because I know... Okay, so Jake posted this thing about how he uh, finished Witcher 
and he didn't understand the whole Yen and uh, Geralt thing. And I was like, that's fair, because from your point of view, as someone who has not read the books, and I think he said he didn't finish Witcher 3, the game, so he doesn't have that under his belt, really. Um, He just viewed the show, and he finished it from the point of view of someone who has no other uh like context context thank you um they only met like twice and the second time they met um they fought because it turns out that their the destiny that they thought that was natural was not natural um which is fair like the fight they had is really valid are we really in love or is it just magic that's a real fucking valid ass question and um and a real serious concern because like that's a real serious concern i don't know about you but i'd be worried um am i brainwashed or is this love is a valid concern and then as a uh, chris who i know is a firm uh yen um yen Geralt person which i respect 100 percent. who has i i assume that chris has other background content he seems like a witcher fan to me um like he's like also the show didn't really tell you but the those meetings were 40 years apart and i was like so they met one twice within 40 years and then they had a fight and like that was the end of season one really um so i could see how people watching that first season and that's all their only uh witcher knowledge are like so this is it this is the love of a lifetime and some people got really upset that i said that and i don't really understand why because i think that makes perfect sense i don't really understand what's wrong with that statement that's not me dissing yennefer and Geralt. that's just me saying hey from the point of view of a person who just watched this for the first time what the fuck um (laughs) like that's my only context that's all i know and uh i'm sure and i'm like i'm sure we'll get to know them more and maybe like our opinions will change about it um i would also like to say though that uh like two people needing each other because one person has always felt like they need to be seen and worth something um and the other person being told they can't love and then someone loving them and them loving in return like as like a motive for telling me why something is romance i'm like that might be also just a tad bit codependency. Just put, just putting that out there. I'm not saying that's their relationship. I'm just saying that, like, needing another person to feel whole is not romantic to me. Um, but I'm sure they have much more of a complicated dynamic that I will get to know over time in this series. I just, in this, in this first season, I'm just like, okay like this jake you make perfect sense here because i don't really understand it either yet and i have i even have a little bit of context but not enough i think um sure and it's only the first season so i'm not saying it's not gonna happen that i won't understand i am just saying that from the point of view of someone who has very little background uh that's that was that was the romance that everybody calls a romance of the lifetime and i don't i don't really get it yet but I'm sure I will. Please don't throw stones at me. I am not saying the show is not good. Um, the second thing that I think the show 
uh, could have done a little bit better on is the um, the fact that Chris had to tell me that 40 years had passed between that time. Thank you, Chris, because I was confused as fuck. And then I thought it was just me, but then my mom came in and she was talking to me about it as, as moms are wont to do. Um, and she was talking to me about it and I explained to her that time was passing. And I will say in Yennefer and Geralt's defense, they live for a long ass time. So 40 years is not like, as much of a difference to them as it would be for like me yeah (laughs) you know a normal person um like uh the they did not do a very good job at telling us where we are in time because they skipped around in time but some characters that they were skipping around in time around like uh Siri, for instance, I have to make sure my phone doesn't go off because she's been talking every single time I talk about the show. I'm going to say Sorella um, because I don't want my phone to go off. Um, uh, Like, wasn't born during one of the flashback scenes, but like the way they present it, it just, the the scenes just come out of nowhere. Like, there's no buildup. There's no real letting you know this is a flashback. There's no letting you know where we are in time. And for characters who look basically the same, especially for characters like Yennefer, um, who, as a sorceress who's gone through this, like, transformation process, doesn't really age, and Geralt, who has been affected by the mutagens as a witcher, um, doesn't age the same, like... They look the fucking same. So how the fuck am I supposed to know where I am in time? I I don't. Um, you need to you need to give me just a little bit of a the the one that felt the most like telling you where we were in time is at one point Geralt's like delirious and he starts remembering his childhood and the transition there is very good and I understand that maybe they're just trying to experiment with other ways to explain time. But because you were following three separate characters, it did not work as well as I think they thought it would. Um, Because it did not occur to me right away that we were in a different time period. Like, it was five minutes into the scene with the queen and her daughter that was the flashback when I realized we were having a flashback. Because I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because I didn't realize that, like... Yaskier made it even more confusing. Um, I didn't realize that he had met Yaskier at this... Which also means that Yaskier is old as shit, but, like, looks fine. I have additional questions. Like, the only thing Yennefer says is that, like, oh, he has some crow's feet going on. And I'm like, can somebody please explain what the fuck is going on in here on this day? Um, yeah, there's there's just some time discrepancies that they they might have to work on as far as showing us that aren't as clear as I imagine it is in a book, you know? Um, or a game where they kind of give them to you as chapters. Um, so that is, that's a critique. I don't know how they would fix it, but I, I hope that like enough people have talked about it that maybe perhaps in the second season, um, it'll be just a little bit clearer. Although we, we are moving into the second season where I think, Season one was a lot of um, setting the groundwork, so it was a lot of explanation. Um, But I think season two will probably have much less of that, you know? Um, And then, y'all know I have to talk about this. And people's response to me even trying to hedge this 
thing has been, well, there are female showrunners, so it can't be sexist. And I would like to remind you that a woman wrote Fifty Shades of Grey and a woman wrote Twilight. Like, sometimes women can write sexist stuff. Let's, let's be honest. Sometimes, like... We live in a society. We live in a society where we've internalized a lot of shit and, uh... Like everybody can write stuff about their own their own um, like community, and it still have some elements of it that are not great. Um, so that's my response to that. The show isn't horrible about it. In regards, the show has a lot of stuff going for it. It's incredibly diverse. It doesn't give one iota of shit. The fact that it takes place in. Um, what's, like, basically a fantasy world from the mind of a Polish dude who probably had a lot of inspiration from Poland. Um, they are like, this is a fantasy world, there are dragons, so there can be anybody in this world. Appreciate that. Um, I appreciate the, like, female characters we do have. There are some interesting and dynamic characters. One of the characters is, like, Yennefer's teacher. Really complex. Can't tell if I hate her or like her. Um... She does some really fucked up things, but at the same time, you understand her as a character, and, like, it makes me feel a complex range of emotions, you know? Um, And so, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with having those kinds of characters, because that's a complicated character, you know? I just have some problems with high fantasy as a genre. This show is better about it than Game of Thrones, but I will say that the first strong woman we meet is introduced to us, and she, uh says that she, um, you know, this guy tried to have her killed, and one of the men that um, was watching over her assaulted her physically in a way that I, you know, don't want to get into on the podcast. Um, and, like, it's a very common trope about women who are strong because of that kind of uh, physical and sexual trauma, and um, and then is immediately fridged for Geralt's man pain in, like, the first episode. Um And I know people will say, well, she was much more than that. And I'm like, yes, and it's probably part of the source material, so they can't really do anything (laughs) about it. But, like, it did happen. Like, it happened. I think they tried to handle it as best they could um, without the, like, the weirdness of it. Although they did, I think they slept together, which was weird because it was just weird. The whole thing was weird, and um, I, I'm not saying it's, like, the worst sin ever committed. It's not. This is more, like, my ongoing frustration with high fantasy as a genre, especially since we just had Game of Thrones end, and Game of Thrones made me want to punch a wall sometimes. Um, and then we have uh, Yennefer's character. Good God. I, so, Yennefer as a character... Um, had extreme physical deformities uh, in the beginning of her, like, life as a character. Um, she goes through a lot of pain with that, and I, I, there was a lot of that that, like, they handled really well, as well as they could. Like, even when she's, like, quote-unquote, like, deformed, because, you know, like, when she's not conventionally attractive, she still has sex. She still has autonomy. She still eventually develops her own confidence based around her powers. And also, it in turn gives her, like, physical confidence. The only reason 
um, she kind of goes through this, like, physical transformation is because she wants more power, and to acquire it, she needs to be in the courts and, like, or she thinks she does, and the courts, like, have certain expectation of the sorceresses they hire to be beautiful. Um, so I understand that. think that was handled as well as they possibly could. Uh, I don't know how much of that is in the source material, like, vividly. Um, so that, that, that happened. Great, fine, perfect, whatever. You, storytelling, I understand it. Um, the parts that were really questionable were actually just like, so the problem comes actually in one particular episode, uh, which is the one where, um, she does go through the physical transformation. Um, and I hated every bit of it. So they, they contrast it with someone else's pain, um, and screaming so she is she's screaming she decides to go through this procedure sorry spoilers she decides to go through this procedure without anesthetic for some reason i don't understand because i guess pain is power um but she she tells the guy no anesthetic like she makes that choice that's her choice uh and then he tells her that if she goes through this transformation um she won't be able to have kids so she agrees uh and then they perform a hysterectomy uh, without just like through the through through the entrance. They like taper to this table, like tired to this table naked, and they like diggle around with ye old tools. Um, and the, that and I was like, okay, that was awful, and I don't know why I had to watch this, but okay, at least it's over now. Um, and he eats it into the fire and then turns it into the spell. Uh, so I thought that was going to be the end of it. And no, it wasn't the end of it. Because then he does the spell and her body rips itself apart and puts it back together in front of myself. The, her, in front of my, in front of my very own eyes. And, uh, so her, like, back rips open to rearrange her, rearrange her spine and, like, blood goes everywhere. And, um, there's this shot that's burned into my mind where she's kind of, like, laying over and blood drips off her titty and I'm like, while well, she's screaming in pain. And I'm like, I hate this. I did not need to see this. There were ways it could have been shot that wouldn't have been as, in my opinion, exploitative as that shot. I think the writing isn't the problem here. Most of the problems with this one particular part were the shots. Um, were whoever was filming and editing this particular part. Because it was... The way they presented it, the only word that comes to my brain is torture porn, but I know that's not what it is, but, like, it was just not good and unnecessary. Um, there were there were ways it could have been presented that I think would have been a lot less, I don't even, I don't, representational of, like, other things, because there was a lot of alluding to other things with these shots that I just think wasn't necessary. And I think overall it was a little, um, uh, what is, what is the word that I'm looking for? Uh, when something is like unnecessary, but they do it anyway for, I, I don't know. I can't think either. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't think. What brain cells? Um, gratuitous. Don't know her. Gratuitous. That's who, 
Um, it was a little gratuitous for violence, and uh, I have feelings about women getting ripped apart by fantasy in order to fuel their strength in a way that men aren't. Like, a lot of Geralt's um, pain and stuff happens off-screen as far as, like... Like, I'm sure we'll get into it next season, but let's just say this. They introduced Geralt, and we knew he was strong. And we didn't need anything else. We didn't need to know that when he was a child, he went through terrible pain for him to be strong. And, like, I feel like this this was supposed to let us know that now Yennefer always thinks that pain like strength comes with pain but i just feel like it was poorly handled um i'm not saying the whole show is bad because of it i'm not saying that everybody who worked on it was bad i'm just saying that it felt a little bit like god i've seen this a million times in high fantasy and i'm tired (laughs) that's it that's all i'm saying um but that's and like I said I sandwiched this with the idea that yeah I finished the show and it was a good show and they did a lot of stuff really well uh but I think it's worth it to talk about some writing stuff that you may not even notice um that other people are much more sensitive to and talk about like whether or not you want that in your own writing um I know I definitely thought about like how to handle time in my comic, because I'm like, God, I have no idea where the fuck I am in time. Uh, and sometimes you learn how not to handle things. Um, so I just wanted to talk about it a little bit. Please do not throw rocks at me and throw me out of town like the Witcher. <laughs> I'm just trying to talk about myself. And that is all myself. Okay, moving into the imported salt. Um, we got one tonight from Lord of the Jolly Likes and Cheer uh, at night underscore Twitten. Um, final salts of the year, I hope. A bunch of drunk assholes have kept us up all night wandering up and down the lane next to our house. Usual yelling, falling over noisily and all that jazz. The noise reaches climax about 20 minutes ago when a massive boom rocked the house. Turns out someone's got a really good throwing arm because our bedroom window has been egged. Egged. At four in the morning. So that's one more thing to do before our guests show up tomorrow afternoon. Add it to the list. And happy your thoughts, I just wanted to say thank you. The Salt Report always made my week and makes my week. And I look forward to hearing y'all's discussions. I hope Kay, Jesse, and the Wayward Jake all have good holidays. And I look forward to the show next year. Heart. Aw, thank you. Who fucking eggs yeah. houses? In this year of our Lord. L- okay, but... this. So it was the middle of the night. It was like after 12 uh and i told i told Kay that my friend and i um were marathoning monster factory in my room and working on art and um a little bit after 12 so it might be 1 a.m we hear what i can only assume is a semi-automatic weapon uh like repeated rounds of gunshot and we look at each other and i'm like did you hear that and my friend was like it was a noise and that's all i'm gonna think about it being and went back to the, what she was doing, and I was like, "Jesus Christ! Like, welcome to welcome, welcome to America. That's, <laughs> welcome to America. This is how we celebrate the New Year's in America with like fireworks and semi-automatic weapons." Yeah, my my friends' neighbors were setting off uh, illegal fireworks, which gave us a nice show. But it was like, bruh, <laughs> right in front of your house. Yeah. There were definitely a lot of fireworks in our neighborhood last night, and some of them were just, like, huge booms. 
And I was just like, please, my car alarms and the dogs and everything are just like, it was just a lot. My, Luna went absolutely bananas. I saw her jump off of Trina's lap and go behind the couch. That's how scared she was. You no, know, it's funny. The fireworks don't seem to bother Harvey. Um, she like clearly hears them because I can see her ears twisting around, but she's just like, whatever. Someone knocks on the door, though. She skeedaddles. Because that's a human person. <laughs> I don't know. She is 12 years old, uh, so maybe she's just like, fuck it. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Uh, well. Thank you for your imported salt. I hope you were able to get the egg yolk um, off of your window. Um, remember when an onion hit my window? I do remember that. Sorry, we were just about to transition out, and I'm like, remember when the onion hit my window? And it's still a mystery to this day. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> Where can we find you on the internet? You can find me as at Filthy Wizard on um, Twitter, and I'm also Filthy Wizard on YouTube, and Filthy Magic User on Twitch and Instagram. You can find me on Twitter as Humanity Upgrade and on Instagram as Crowfeather Cosplay. You can find the Wayward Jake on Twitter as at Jake underscore Lionheart. And you can find the podcast on Twitter as at Podcast Salt. You can listen to the podcast anywhere you get podcasts, including Spotify, iTunes, and Fireside. Um, if you like the show and would like to help us out, consider contributing to our Ko-fi page. That's ko-fi.com slash salt report. And remember, folks, toss the coin to your podcasters. <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs>